Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to This Week in WordPress and Tech with WP Tonic. Uh, Today, we've got a bunch of stories and we've got a nice even panel. I love when there's six people. It just lines up so perfectly in the grid. (laughs) And we are going to... This is episode. Oh, I forgot already, Jonathan. What number did you say this was? Oh, Steph, you were doing so well. I'm going to be fired. You know, you know, it's six. It's six nine zero, Stephanie. Six nine zero. Would you guys like to meet your panel today? How about it, John Locke? Tell the people who you are. John Locke from Lockdown SEO. And Heather. I am Heather Wild-Renzi from The Different Consulting. Vito. I'm Vito from RRM.io. We help uh, web agencies and freelancers collaborate uh, with their clients seamlessly. Seamlessly. Spence. Spence from WPLaunchify.com. Spence, being a trooper, showing up with the Rona. Taking one for the team. Okay. And our fearless leader. I've been out in the yeah. J.D. And he's got a, and he's got a live show after this with me, Stephanie. Oh he's gonna have to park with me for an hour. Oh, literally, I mean, he literally I, had a brain. He literally his brain just, exploded just, last year. I just want to say, as as a not anything to do with the commentary. Like, I I live my life. I I left the house. I was waxed and vaxxed and ready to roll, and Whoa, I did. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Waxed. It's a joke. Triple vax, waxed and ready to party. And mm-hmm. I partied, and and now it's just slowing me down for a couple of days. But that's the point. The point is, like, I'm not in a hospital. I'm only I got a cold for a couple of days. It's all good. Yeah, that's great. John, okay. are you going to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm the founder of Tonic. <laughs> even that, I can't even remember. I Stephanie, it's pathetic, isn't it? Back over to you. I am Stephanie Hudson. I will be your loyal cat wrangler for today, getting us through these topics. I'm here repping Focus WP, where we help uh, agencies to scale and grow by providing white label outsourced services. Check us out, focuswp.co. And with that, uh, let's hear from our amazing sponsor today. Allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor. If you're looking to get into podcasting, Castos is for you. No penalties on the amount of downloads and the support, should you need it, is the best in the industry. Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's castos.com, castos.com. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations and on the pro plans, malware scanning and auto fix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. And we're back. Don't forget to go check out wp-tonic.com slash recommendations for more deals from our sponsor and other recommendations from the panel. Okay, shall we dive in? 
First up today is on The Tavern, WPTavern.com, an article by Justin Tadlock. Gutenberg Hub launches an online page builder app using WordPress patterns. Um, who has some thoughts on this? I, I've played with this a little bit. It's pretty cool. Uh, Spencer, do you have something to say? I always love Justin's comments. He turned 38, by the way, uh, recently, which kind of freaked me out because I could have sworn he was at least in the 40s, but he's 38. I was like, my God, was he 12 when he first started doing this stuff? Because I remember him being really influential on me 16 years ago. Nevertheless, um, I like the fact, first of all, I have a good relationship with Munir and the Gutenberg Hub is a great thing. Munir and I have talked about Who's going to help WordPress avoid going down a bad path? And the bad path is this full site editing thing. Is it, is there an echo problem with my mic? Yeah, it does seem. It does seem. Somebody's to, echoing. Somebody's got is. echo. Yeah. I'm only I got on my one channel. So uh, is, let me know if it's my mic. So, all right. Anyway, so the point I want to make is that. Munir and I have talked. He's very influential in his circles, and he worked with Extendify and a couple other clients. I am a huge proponent of patterns being thought of as the new full site editing template metaphor, not full site editing, because full site editing is right now being sort of tweaked around at the same time that these independent companies who are using traditional themes are already solving the problem. So you can look at Astra or Cadence or Generate Press or any of the other brands. They've all got a mix of the traditional theme as the underlying structure with specialty blocks and then patterns. And it works. As soon as you go off the ranch into full site editing, everything gets all convoluted. And then when you try to take people from the Elementor and Divi worlds, and there's different words for the same thing, like a section is a row, is a container. It's like, People, it's the Tower of Babel. So I asked him if he wanted to work with me and otherwise I'm going to spend a lot of time this year doing this to try to get everybody at least on the same page from the community side of things because I think that we can all agree amongst ourselves. And I also want to say it's not a political thing, but like honestly, what's the difference between us organizing ourselves or us being organized because you contribute over at wordpress.org in some capacity? Isn't it really the same thing anyway? We're all just getting our shit together because it's not good enough to just say, yeah, it's a, a family barbecue and half the internet's going to show up now. That's not a way to run a thing. Vito probably knows because he's running, you know, he just got the Outerim Agency Summit and stuff. It's like, we got to organize ourselves and patterns on regular themes is the way to go, not full site editing. Oh, you saw it, Stephanie. You've muted yourself. Rookie move. That's why I never mute myself because I never remember to unmute myself. Uh, so just to clarify what this is, this is a tool that is very much in the concept mode still, but it's fun to play with. You can go and you can add patterns that come from the repository and you then you can do copy code and dump it straight into your site where you can then style it. So you can't modify the styles or the patterns in this tool, but I think there's a lot of um, stuff to come in the future with this thing that, and this type of thing. So um, anybody else uh, have anything, Vito? It looks like you might be nodding your head there. Uh, I like the concept. I agree with you, Spencer, that um, anything that contributes to the community is good. 
It doesn't have to be organized from the top down. It can be organized from down up, right? So this, I think, is one of those initiatives uh, of uh, creating um, some kind of a directory of, uh, of a bunch of patterns. Necessar- like, personally, I, I'm, uh, I enjoy the part, I enjoy the design part of creation, you know? So um, I am not the one to use uh, any patterns or anything like this. I like the blank sheet and get started from there. That's, in my mind, that's the funnest part of the gig, right? Uh, but um, but I can definitely see the use case. Uh, there's been a lot of things like that happening back in the themes days um, with uh, like uh, theme uh, directories. There's loads of websites. And I remember when I first started um, scouring through like 700 free themes to find the one that you uh, will kind of uh, use. Um, and so uh, I think that's a nice uh, initiative. I think there's going to be a few more uh, popping up in the same way. Um, but I do remember, or, or correct me if I'm wrong, that there was a discussion about creating something similar inside the interface, inside WordPress. Uh, like they called it the block um directory or something like this um is this still happening what's going on with that no because what happened was the well first of all just a, on the list of all the other whatever but they've given it up pretty much to the independent companies and even the pattern directory it's a little bit of a hot mess because as we talked about maybe three four shows ago <laughs> you can't think of a block or a pattern without considering the underlying overarching style sheet of the theme you're using because it looks cool in the neutral world of the pattern directory, and then you go put it on your whatever, and it becomes a disaster pants. And I think that's the bigger problem where, again, I'm also trying to debate with people about, can't we just have a canvas theme that works on everything? So you start with a standardized, like everything will look the same. But, you know, it's like herding uh, cats. Interestingly, um, in my experience, I, what listening to you talk and then Vito talk, I was thinking about me when I used to go search for themes and it would drive me nuts because each theme was built in such a different way that it was such a learning curve to get each site built if I was just doing it that way that I went on a search for some place that had a selection but that was all um, sort of constructed in a, in a sim- with a similar you know, undercarriage. And that's, that's how I ended up. Divi. Yeah. That's how I ended up with elegant themes pre Divi. Yeah. But right. like the concept still, because they had like 20 themes or 30 themes or something like that. You could find something that you could modify and they were built the same way. And then mm-hmm. Divi came along and that changed everything. But that speaks to what you're saying too, Spencer. Like we've got to have like standardization of some of these elements or it just becomes. Do you, do you remember the demo reason. pack? So like if you went to Envato's Theme Forest, even today, the biggest, it's not a bait and switch because they offer them now, but the biggest bait and switch in the early days was you go there, see this beautiful demo. Then you install the theme and it, <laughs> it looks like somebody took a magic marker and drew the thing. And you're like, what's the difference? Well, somebody spent like 800 hours curating all the little nuances into a demo. So my suggestion these days is that we have this opportunity with starter templates and everything else. If we all had just like we're building on a common thing, you can give them now with one click the entire site that looks exactly, but now you can WYSIWYG edit the con. This close. But we keep getting distracted by private interests and the lack of top-down like organization of this. So, Yeah, can I say something, Stephanie? Of course. 
Yeah, uh, uh, Spencer, can you get your um, notepad and pen because you need to write this down? <laughs> um, I actually totally agree with you, Spencer. What? Oh, oh, what? Where's your sound your machine? <laughs> I, thought you, I bet you never thought you'd hear that one, Spencer. Uh, um, I actually, <laughs> Wait, there's a thing. It just flew over. <laughs> I know. I'll be nice to him because he's not well and he's been a trooper. Uh, but no, I actually, th- th- this is the thing, Stephanie. You, you can see all the all the possibility there, can't you, Stephanie? You can, through this, you can yeah. see. But then... You've got this full-site editing gig, that, that this thing they've gone on, this bender. It's like it's like seeing um, seeing somebody that's got great opportunity and they're on a drug every, – but every week they go on a drug bender, you know. Uh, um, uh, um, you see all the opportunity, but then full-site, you know, God knows what a normal person, what the hell are they going to – how are they supposed to navigate all this, Stephanie? All these, it's, it was confusing before all this, and it's just got more and more bloody confusing. Well, you know, we, we had that article a couple of weeks ago, too, but it was talking about who, who are they going for at this point? Like, WordPress.com, WordPress.org. Like, are they going for the end users? Are they trying to become Wix? Or are they trying to, like, simplify it to that extent? Or are they trying to build things for developers? Because, like, it's sort of tweener-ish, and it's not really working for either camp, truthfully. Heather, what do you think about all this? I think that, I mean, I honestly, I don't know if um, I would ever use it, and I don't know who is going to. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's another one of those things that for the, for the casual WordPress user, like the casual user is just going to download a theme and isn't going to use this. So like, it's, it's another one of those things that's being introduced that I can't find a use case for. Shall we move on to our next story and talk about one of our buddies that seems to surface just about every week on this show? Um, we are moving on to TheVerge.com. The article is Elon Musk suggests charging governments and corporations a slight cost to use Twitter. Uh, you never know what a slight cost might mean when a billionaire is saying that phrase. But anyway, what do you guys, um, what do you think about this? I thought this article was interesting in that he broke down the, um, James Vincent is the author here. He broke down the, some of the like pros and cons, like how, what could go wrong with doing a thing like that if he's, you know, the slippery slope that that could be basically. John, what do you think? I know you love to love Elon. Did you hear like he uh he tried to get that pop singer to that's half his age to go on a date with him and she's like no nah, I'm not interested. I mean money uh can't can't buy uh, uh you know popularity. Um I saw somebody talking about this the other day. Uh the other idea that he had last week of charging people to embed tweets and somebody said yeah this is something that that this would be like the stuff that you're throwing against the wall in the very first hour of coming up with ideas to monetize like this hasn't been thought of before Uh, because restricting 
the popularity of the platform, restricting the reach of the platform is not going to help it grow. Now, Twitter is never going to be as big as Facebook or TikTok or Instagram. It's a fraction of all of those. But where it holds a place in society, its importance is it allows uh, people who have notoriety, like politicians or celebrities, to drive the narrative. And it also allows people from different communities to form uh, dialogue amongst each other. And that's, I think, where a lot of the, the valuable um, the value from Twitter is created. Now, monetization, um, maybe charging, uh, getting more people on Twitter blue uh, might be the way to go. But anything that's going to restrict the reach of Twitter, I don't think it's a good idea. And mark my words, you can write it down. If Elon Musk does become the CEO of Twitter, it'll, it'll get run into the ground within 18 months. You could, you could take that one and write it in stone. You're saying he would, bore, he would bore it into the ground? <laughs> He's not a civil engineer either. He's not very good at that. If he thinks that uh, tunnels are waterproof. Um, but yeah, he'd say, yeah, anybody that, that, you know, I, I could be considered smart too, if my family inherited a apartheid era emerald mind, but, um, yeah. okay. That's all I got to say on that. Uh, you know, I love you, John, cause I let you go first and talk about all that stuff. Right. Heather, you got the blue check. How do you feel about this? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, Twitter has always had a monetization issued. I mean, Jack Dorsey is like the, I mean, he's a socialist. He's never been afraid to say that. And he's come out. I mean, he's 100% a socialist. I mean, like the point of Twitter has been to be the world's town square. It always has been like, he's wanted to be able to like have the, like to surface things immediately around the world. And I think that that's been, I mean, that's one of the reasons why like I use Twitter more than any other uh, tool because I can easily see what's happening around the world quickly. I mean, with Instagram and Facebook and, and TikTok, like their, their algorithms don't allow you to search to see what's really happening. And you can certainly see what people are having for breakfast on those platforms. Well, yeah, exactly. Like with Twitter, you can actually see like news that's happening, like really. And, and you can quickly tell, I mean, like even, um, (laughs) there's a road in, uh, in Texas called Heather Wild Avenue, um, in Pflugerville, Texas. It's right outside of Austin. And like every morning I get alerts that like, that there's a traffic jam on, on uh, Heather Wild Road, like, cause (laughs) just, but I mean, it's Twitter is, is really like the, the, uh, megaphone of the masses everywhere. And I mean, it's really sad when countries, one of the first things that countries turn off whenever there's a, an uprising is Twitter because they know that. So I think that Elon Musk coming in uh, and saying that he wants to charge companies for for the use of Twitter, I'm not afraid of that because he's he he want like he understands that like if it's a business and it wants to make money which he's not necessarily saying that it does need to 
make money. Um, because if, if he wants to be like a, a, a William Randolph Hearst, like he could use this just as a megaphone and, and that's good enough. But if he does want to make money on it, then charging the people that want to craft a message um, that is anti for the people, um, that's the way to do it. Not Allow the people to have their own voice for free and have the, the people that want to manipulate, um, that want to push their own agenda and have the money to do it, make them pay for it. The trouble is, though, how, where's the line between those two camps? Well, I mean, if you if you are an agency, if you are a company, um, then it will show that you are advertising and like you'll have that like whatever, like that bl- big blinking red check mark that says everything you say is a sponsored post. So the article was interesting, I thought, where it talks about how, how do they determine? So, you know, Coca-Cola versus a local brewery. How do you, de- like, is it, fa- it's not fair for them to both have to pay the same. You know, they're going to have different uh, resources, obviously. But then if, you, if you're if you going to start differentiating, then you run into all kinds of issues with validation. And te- but before you know it, it's going to cost more to set this up and enforce it than you'd be making by charging it potentially. They, so, could, just uh, throttle, again, they could just throttle the users. In other words, you grow your audience and that if you have zero to whatever number of users, there's no cost. But even on the receiving end, they can throttle how many people could see your stuff. Yeah. Like it's free for the first 500,000 people to read your tweet after that. Ta-da. I mean, they could automatically do it. And sorry, I, Heather, I didn't mean to interrupt you on that. Sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I mean, it's, but I mean, the point is it, it, there's so many ways that they can tell. And I mean, there's ways to get around it. Like for example, in Las Vegas, um, there's the boutique arm of, uh, the Mars factory. Like, so Eminem Mars, like chocolate factory, uh, they have a small batch boutique chocolate factory here. They, uh, so it's, it's called the FLM chocolate factory and they make, Mm. yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like all of their chocolate is, is, I mean, they're made in the original Cadbury way that, that Fred Mars stole from Cadbury when he came to America. Oh yeah, you're at the left. Yes. So and I mean, Heather knows her chocolate, you guys. <laughs> so it's it's amazing. But like FLM would be a way to get around the fact that Mars is a multinational conglomerate. So like, how do you know? There's so right. many of these boutiques. That's what I, I it seems to me like all of these things, it's like there has to be better ways to monetize than by doing like, it just seems like it's a losing thing. What do you, what do you reckon JD? Um, well, there's so many aspects to this, you know, uh, I, I disagree a little bit with John. I think Elon, uh, I, I agree with a lot of what John says about Elon, but he's no idiot. Um, I think he's going to get, um, a managing, you know, a CEO. I, uh, um, to run it, and um, I think what has been, you know, Jason Kanakaitis has been kind of named. I'm a friend of Elon, and he might make me CEO of Twitter, you know, like Jason does. He's a total name dropper, supremo. Uh, um, but um, 
I think Elon's not an idiot. Uh, um, I think he wants to make money from this. And I, some people say it's not possible, but I think it is. Uh, I've, I've heard people say that Twitter is grossly overstaffed, and I think they're going to cut the staff hard. And there's numerous ways of making money from this platform, for God's sake. I don't. I agree with John. It will never be as big in some ways as Facebook and some other social media platforms. But I'll be interested to see what Vito. But Vito, there must be endless ways of monetizing that platform, mustn't there? Um, definitely. And what I what I like about this uh, this approach is that it's kind of like building in public, which is very native to Twitter. Uh, it's just throwing out ideas and getting like uh, feedback from the users, and something will come out of it eventually. Uh, so I like this approach uh, uh, that uh, you know, and you know, is it, just so big that everything that he says becomes a discussion on on a random podcast, right? Uh, but it's the um, but but it's still. Are you saying some... this is a random podcast? You know, <laughs> I'm not be. not this one. Another <laughs> random podcast. Oh right right right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so this is the uh, this is kind of like one of the things that I a really lot of thought goes into the selection of these stories, Vito. I know <laughs> I you're know. amazed to hear that. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, but I, I like it. I think that this is a this is a good approach. Um, I think there's loads of ways of making money off of Twitter, and that is not gonna hinder the experience. Actually, is gonna improve the experience. I, I agree with Spence that um, volume based based on amount of followers or um, or even users or like team management internally and things like that can be a great way of monetizing uh, this thing. And of course, some people are going to try and go be, uh, around it, but the big companies are just going to pay the 50 or 500 or $5,000 a month uh, that they will ask for uh, in order to get access to those people. They're already paying these amounts in ads uh, you know in, in, inside those platforms so um yeah i think i i, I don't see anything uh, wrong about uh, about this if it's a company and it's for profit um it, you know it's actually a very similar model that happens in in the wordpress space uh, with a lot of plugins uh, you know you can use it for uh for personal use but if it's going to be commercial commercially used then uh you got to you got to pay Speaking of the gate to the WordPress world, let's move on to our next article. Yeah, I think we need to go for a break, actually, um, Steph, because we've waffled on a bit. So it's uh, fine. All right, let's go to a break. It's going to do three and then the break. But it's okay. tough to run the show. Yeah, well, especially with the backseat driver over here. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's hear from our sponsor. I'm trying to be helpful, Stephanie. That's all I'm trying to be. Listen, I'm watching the clock. You're just over there drinking your scotch. You know, Let me you know those, take care you of You know the those business. cars they use when you're doing driver's training? Yeah, that's exactly it. He's got like the, the second brake. And the, and the steering wheel. And they keep he grabbing the it and stuff. Break, for like, sure. That's what the show is like with John over there. He keeps pressing the brake pedal on you. Totally. All right. Have we played the ad yet? Let's hear Let's hear our ad. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? 
and you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding. Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. I'm Bertha, an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert, from blog posts to landing pages, to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. And we're back. Don't forget, 10 a.m. on Fridays, you're going to hear the amazing Spencer Foreman and Jonathan Pacific Denwood. Time, Pacific time. On, the, what are we calling it this week, fellas? Funnelrific? <laughs> no, it's got a, he, he Jonathan actually agreed on the show. Sales funnel, oh. li- sales funnels live. It's sales, oh. it's, 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 sales it's, funnels it's, live. It's, it just that, rolls off the tongue. It's it does. sexy. I like it, you guys. Okay, yeah. sales funnels live. <laughs> 10 a.m. Pacific, these two guys, I don't know, they might, are you guys, do you fight on that show? Oh, do we fight? That's an understatement. It's an understatement. Last okay, week I drove him to drink. You ever seen the movie <laughs> Anger Management? <laughs> it's like the sequel. I live it every Friday on this show. Look, it's just worth, it's just I'm worth, the Jack Nicholson it's, character. It's just worth, <laughs> Tribe, you need right. to go to the Listen, Friday show. Check it out. It's, it's on the WP Tonic to... YouTube page. <laughs> Bring your funnels and they will fight over them. All right. Is it okay with you, John, if we go to our third story? Oh, well, Jonathan. I like to start as well, Steve. Yeah. Not... Okay, great. Right. Okay? Masterwp.com. The WordPress gatekeepers will see you now. This article is basically talking about WordPress not being an inviting space. That has never been my experience. What do you, Spence? You seem. I think. Are you, are you I, just shaking I, your head about Jonathan, or is it about I'm, this article? No, about this particular article because I, I I read some other stuff by Nayesha. I think I'm saying it right, um, mm-hmm. and she's got some really good thoughts. But this one, I think she missed one point because, and maybe I'm misunderstanding her. So forgive me. I'm a little cloudy. But she, her point, if you scroll down, was I've never in my life seen so many people opposed to others being paid. And I don't think she really understands what's going on here, if that's her conclusion. Because the whole debate was the pulling apart of the community is you have forces, like we alleged, Syed and Awesome Motive, bending the rules and bending their pals around what they do, whereas the rest of them say, hey, we're all abiding by the same basic rules and premises and spirit of WordPress. It's not about no one getting paid. It's about like why billionaires get to get special tax treatment because they know the people in the IRS versus the wait, waiter or waitress having to pay 30% on their tips. It's like fundamentally, if we're all given the perception that certain people, certain companies get to do different things in WordPress, 
against the real spirit and letter and the purpose of the open source GPL, then why don't we all just do it? And then it's Hail Mary for everybody. There's like throw anything against the wall. And that gets into every area we talked about. For example, why don't we all just get clever with how we put our own advertisements into the sidebar of all the widgets and the components? Why don't we all just take up the entire top of the admin space forever with things that don't have unique classes that people can shut off? Why don't we all just go ahead and try to upsell everybody at every single moment? Why don't we all just change the rules on existing thousands or hundreds of thousands of users and say, yesterday we said this, today we said, go screw yourself, pay us. Why don't we all just put up firewalls that phone home when they're using open source? It's like, dot, 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 dot. And every single time in the past, Matt used to come in, hey, kids, that's not going to go. GPL first, open source this, community first. And now it's like, hello, is anybody going to say anything about what's happening here? And the only time you see a pass is when it's, oh, well, he's too busy yeah. talking to the penguins, well, isn't he? Somebody, uh, somebody's got the clout to get around it. And listen, I'm not Mr. Robin Hood here, but I am untouchable because nobody wants to touch me anyway in the in the business sense because they know I'm speaking the truth from day one. I, I clarified that one. But the point is, <laughs> other people are worried. There's well-known guests of the show who've had to leave because they've been given top-down warnings that it would be bad for their careers. We know who we're talking about. And they're really, really well-spoken people, friends of ours. I think this is a conversation I actually don't know if you're talking about me later. Like, me. honestly, and, and Naisha is a great article. Everything else is factually true. But I think that one point, it's not about getting paid. It's about, it applies to everybody, universal. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to respond. I, I, um, I really thought the article was top-notch, Stephanie. I, I was really, and I'm going to ask ask her to come on the show because um, I really loved the article. I, I don't, I agree with a lot of what Spence is. I'm not sure she was really, I thought the point she was making, Spence, is if you want to, a really exclusive community, you've got to take into account that some people don't have the financial resources to go to WordCamps to really be part of the community and to contribute their time because they haven't got the financial resources to be able to do that for free. I, I thought that was the point she was trying to make, Spencer. I might be wrong, but I thought the other points that she uh, made in the article were really top-notch, Stephanie. Uh, honestly, I felt like this article was all over the place, truthfully. She's talking about, first of all, I don't get the cartoon <laughs> like somebody is sticking no, the stick into their own bicycle like that didn't make any sense to me or maybe that's supposed to represent wordpress i don't know but like it's it, then mm. it, it's it doesn't really even matter but the like she talks about education okay so how could i possibly learn about becoming a wordpress developer like you go on youtube and you you can't throw a rock without hitting a wordpress tutorial or something like that i mean i think there's education all over the place i i'm not sure I think she wants it to be like centralized or something or yeah. something yeah, like was. that, which isn't a horrible idea, but I don't think that it's excluding folks or it's too hard. Um, more WordPress mentors. Sure. Like basically I think all the things she says in this article are good ideas. Like, yeah, let's make education more, more accessible to people. Let's provide mentors. If you're asking people to do stuff, pay them for it. Great. Hire more people that don't look like you. Great. All of those things. But like, I don't feel like, gatekeeping is is like the issue with any of those things i don't know what do you think vito 
Um, I, first of all, the WordPress space is very much uh, under underpriced, or you know, like developers and uh, people that work in this industry, and and even the products that are in this industry, they are very much underpriced. Like to the to the point that it's about ten percent of other areas in the tech industry, um, which is shocking really, uh, because it is half of the internet. And maybe that's why it's half of the internet. Uh, but um, so with that, I definitely agree um, to the, the main concept that we should all, as a community, look into what we're doing to ourselves by underpricing or by undercharging. And that really is limiting a lot of uh, new blood coming into the space, or at least quality blood coming into the space uh, when it comes to um, to the salaries that a React developer can get from uh, from working at a at a SaaS company compared to working at a WordPress uh, plugin company, right, or at a web agency that builds uh, uh, WordPress sites, um, so that is uh, that that is my biggest kind of um, uh, takeaway from from this uh, from this article. Um, it's all about, and again, it goes back to what Spencer was saying about like from from top down. Or from the from down up, um, it's I, I think it's like it, it's become too big of a beast to tame, and so it, you you can't really expect everything to be neatly organized. It's like a country, you know. You're gonna have some murderers in there, <laughs> uh, and so that that's just part of the game. Most people are cool and they just want to do their work and uh, continue on with their life, but some people are crazy. You know, they're nuts. And so that's this is part of the game. And the bigger the, you're going to be, the, the more of this you're going to experience. <laughs> you know, Matt, Matt Madero's talked about something during the pandemic about, remember when WordPress.com came out and said like $5,000 is the general price of a website. And then they started offering it. And he was really <laughs> clear in his book. I was listening to it on a replay. Like, how bad is that? Because they're not talking about these other problems and fixing it. But at the same time, they're offering top-down, like, turnkey things, which maybe goes to the idea of them wanting to become more like a Wix or Weebly. But at the end of the day, the reason that we're in a conundrum is you can't start with the premise that we're all for one, one for all in a system, but then whittle away little by little until the people who've been playing by the rules realize, like, let's abandon it and every, every person for themselves. Because that, by the way, is how the normal market works. If you go out in the Shopify or Wix or Weebly, they're not promising like contribute to Wix and Weebly and Shopify. They're like, just use our stuff and go make money. Market yourself. <laughs> Here, it's like, hey, peace and love, peace and love. Dedicate to the, the cause. Donate your time. It's like, go, go F yourself then because like, <laughs> I'm going to spend my time marketing my business instead. You know. Greg Hyatt is having a whole conversation with himself over on YouTube. Yeah, great comments. So many comments. Thanks, Greg. Uh, he says, people need to be fully educated on free GPL with an exclamation point. Yeah. So whose job is that? I mean, that's kind of what this article is saying, right? She, she's saying like that that should be WordPress's job. Ah, okay. Can I? Yeah, yeah please. Does Heather have I anything can tell to say? You're Oh, I'm, I'm wrap itching. it up for us, John. All right, I agree with what Spencer's saying. That is part of the problem: cronyism um, and things where certain people get to play by certain rules, and then everybody else has different rules. I agree with what Vito says. That's part of the problem. We are very underpaid. 
for the value that we bring. We love to brag about being 48% of the web, but we definitely do not get 48% of the money from the web. And that this is a situation that needs to be rectified. Now, what Naisha was talking about, there was a thing in WordPress Make where somebody said that they were talking about something entirely different. And then they said there's forces pulling apart the community, suggesting that WordCamp speakers and organizers be paid. And it's all Master WP's fault. <laughs> okay. Support is a, a support, you know, it, a big part of the community. I go over to the post status and I was reading an article where somebody had their name redacted and they were replying to some article. And it's, they were saying, I applied uh, for a support job at this major WordPress company and the pay that they were offering was less than the fast food place in my hometown. So this is definitely a, an issue that needs to be addressed. But I think what Naisha, another thing that she is talking about is the brain drain that is happening and will continue to happen within WordPress if we don't catch up to where the rest of the web communities are or where they're going and in our culture as a community. And the cartoon, if for the people who are listening to the podcast at home, it's the bike meme, with the three panels, guys riding along an underpaid community where the people at the top all look the same and prevent others from joining or getting paid. Guy sticks the bar in his spoke, continued gatekeeping. And then he's falling down, clutching his knee. Why did Master P do this to us? Um, we have to, to change the culture here to, to really attract all the talent that is going to be necessary to keep WordPress competitive with all the other web platforms that are out there and all the other technologies out there, or they're going to go work on these other things instead of working at WordPress where we don't pay speakers, we don't pay contributors, uh, regular just odds and ends. Uh, WordPress companies are expected to chip in uh, and contribute on their own dime to make it better. Um, meanwhile, while Automatic is is creating products that compete directly against agencies uh, and things like that. So the, the thing that Naisha closes out with is pay people fairly. And if you don't expect, you know, everything for free, we all bring value to the table in this community. We're all creating things. We're all coding or providing support or educating people. So pay people what they're worth. And that's a big thing. And, and create cultures where not everybody looks the same. Because that's a big thing that I think that Master WP has done that's shaken things up. And I think it's a breath of fresh air that's community yeah. really needed. Okay. Yeah, really, really needed. And uh, I think it's... When you look at some of the other things in contrast, it really becomes apparent. So that's my two cents. I just want to comment for a second on the on that five k projects that uh, that uh, WordPress.com were were um, offering. I think it's great. 
I think it's actually, and I saw Jonathan's smile disappear as soon as I said no, it. No, I, I don't honestly. I think I'm, 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 I've got a mixture of feelings yeah, about I, it. I think it's great, and I'll tell you why. Um, because, first of all, this puts a benchmark over what the value of the product that other people in our industry are creating. Because the websites that are going to be generated by the, the design team at WordPress.com, they're not better. They're not special. They're the same products that we are all giving away for sometimes 500 bucks. Uh, and so, uh, so that, I think, instead of looking at them as a competition, I think that that could be looked, up, looked at as a benchmark. This is what we should be charging. And look at these guys. They're also charging this, you know. Uh, but with me, you're going to get personal pro. You're going to get like someone that is actually on it, you know, instead of just being a number in a, in a production line. The other thing is that there are so many websites that are being de- delivered every single day. Just to kind of like um, to give people a frame, frame of uh, just a reference to this. There's about 470,000 websites released every single day. 470,000. Out of them, about 160,000 are delivered by agencies every day. And so people are people are complaining about uh, these type of services uh, while while they do three projects a month and sometimes five projects a year. And so there's 100 and, and more than 150,000 that are done every single day. So um, there's plenty to go around. And um, I think that we should all just like... Um, Get some instead of looking to the someone else, you know. There is enough pie to go around. Uh, any final thoughts on that, guys? Or are we ready to move on and have a little? Should we have a coffee break? Let's move over to Starbucks on techcrunch.com. We're going to talk about Starbucks selling NFTs. They're going to have NFTs for sale that are going to be like a custom collection. And these the NFTs will offer a unique experience and benefits. We got um, Starbucks. Haters or lovers here? I, I never know. Mo- probably haters if I know you guys. Yeah. Can I start? Sure. Go for it. Uh, it's just a delicious story. It's, on, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so delicious on multiple levels. Ah, I love this. On multiple NFTs levels. in the morning. Um. That, you know, talk about jumping in on the bandwagon. And when you read the article, and the other thing, Stephanie, it's environmentally friendly. It's uh-huh. environmentally friendly, their platform as well. Talk about yeah. cliche. What uh, Harold Schultz won't talk about is his anti-trade union stance. And he literally cried publicly because some of his fucking workers had the audacity to want to organise and not be paid shitty money by his crappy company, uh, um, that they got the audacity to ask for a living wage rather than be exploited by this. Oh well, I already swore, but and then he he's got the audacity to have this bloody piece of crap written on TechCrunch. Yeah, he needs a wake up call. I think I'm ranting now, Stephanie. So you're, so you're a fan. Uh, I, I talk about how the other mm-hmm. half live in a total bubble, uh, in a total world of tech. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he, he needs a wake up call. That's what I reckon. Uh, Heather, are you gonna you gonna pick up some NFTs from the Bucks? 
Well, okay. So <laughs> when when I read this story, I was thinking I was recently at a uh, a gym. Like I didn't even realize I was walking into a gym in Las Vegas. Uh, That's the only way I ever end up in. A gym. Yeah. No. Well, I, I went to get like a um, a massage, and like it was mm-hmm. this this guy, like he's he's in this gym, and I looked around, and I'm like, what what is this place? It's apparently a membership only like you have to buy an nft to be a member at this gym and like the nft it costs something like um ten thousand dollars to buy and then you're a lifetime member of this gym and the gym is freaking amazing i mean like this place is like gorgeous and it has all these like awesome things but um like you're basically seed investing in, in this thing so like when i read this article i was thinking of that like NFT founded gym that like, so maybe Starbucks is trying to, oh, and then I read another article the other day about how Starbucks has $3 billion sitting on gift cards that are unused. So like they're basically, they basically have $3 billion in interest-free loans from Starbucks gift cards. So perhaps their NFTs are just another way of getting interest-free loans for people but like what is their membership going to get them like what will you get for this nft and i can't unique experiences well no i mean it could be Mm -hmm. i know they're gonna have like a mug uh like they're gonna have like (laughs) mug rentals soon like because they're gonna go away from paper cups uh, they're going to go they already have free refills no i mean jonathan's laughing but but I mean, like, I'm, I'm yeah, but really- isn't ever in all respect, isn't this total corporate tokenism? No, 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 I mean, honestly, like, I'm I'm trying to uh, like think from like a corporate perspective of like mm-hmm. what can you do? I mean, like, for NFTs are like right now they're they're a PR scam, but like what can you get people to pay for that would be a permanent thing that they own that they could theoretically transfer to somebody else at some point in time? Cause you can just gift an NFT to someone else. You don't have to sell it. But if you like, what could you show Starbucks? Like I own this NFT that you walk in and say, like, I have this, this is my new Starbucks. Now what do I get? Yeah. What do I get for it? Like thinking about the gym and all that too. Is it like, are these going to be the new, like, uh, keychain tags right like you had your one for your grocery store for your gym for your you know whatever whatever it's like is that what nfts are now you just open them on your wallet on your yeah, phone and i mean like show they the could, picture of the monkey and then you get into your gym or whatever. they could airdrop them for free to start and then they could charge a, a nominal fee for them i mean they you, they don't have to charge for the nfts but that's what will. people they don't know. I mean, that's that's what people miss about this. They can be free. Starbucks can give them for free like they do for the Starbucks cards. And then you could charge money for them later. What do you think, Spence? Well, <laughs> first of all, from the standpoint of what Starbucks means to me on a personal level, and I think m- many people, it's a destination to hang out, right? And after the pandemic, especially, that's really true. Like at first, it was kind of weird, you know, you go in, it's like, is anybody wearing masks and what are they doing? But then you realize, and that's what Howard Schultz always said, it's a gathering place. The stuff there is absurd to begin with. You know, you look at the tchotchkes and I go, oh, I could use a travel mug. And you're like, it's $20. Oh, I could use a $47 travel mug. Yeah, Yeah, so for sure. 
Remember, Don't forget it's also an addictive substance that they're selling. Right. <laughs> like but that's remember, another little factor too. Remember a year ago, we're I maybe mean, it was eight months ago, we we're talking about the lady selling her farts in a jar and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing as NFTs. I was wondering if you were gonna mention that this week. I feel like you mentioned Yeah, that a because lot. it ties together because like NFTs, this is very Seth Godin. NFTs and Starbucks are examples of business things that don't really represent what they appear to be on their face. In other words, they are ways for people to get perceived value for something down the road that is not really obvious to somebody who's not in on the joke. I enjoy Starbucks paying $3.59, I swear to God, for a tall, regular Pikes Peak coffee because I'm paying to hang out in Starbucks. I I haven't done it, but if I bought an NFT, I'm not paying for the fart in the jar. I'm basically saying <laughs> I'm going to risk a thousand dollars because I think that will be worth two thousand dollars later. Same thing with Bitcoin and all that sort of thing. So what I'm saying is, I take a little bit of Heather on this one and go, you know what? Like they're already selling coffee mugs for twenty eight dollars that I know are at Target for a dollar, and I'm already flushing four dollars on a fifty cent cup of coffee. What the hell? Why? I already used the Starbucks app that until I turned it off would auto-generate $25 PayPal charges on me just from using it. Why not invest in like a Starbucks NFT? Because I think that's really what's going on here. Gas fees are a scam. What, John? It's not a scam because at the same time, I was a real estate investor for a long time. And real estate is number one historical way of saying like, it's bricks and wood and what it's like not worth what you're buying. It's because where it is and how it makes you feel and what the neighbors are like and real estate perception goes up and down about the value you're buying a, a bet on other people's perception. Well, no, I mean, if you're on ether, like the gas fees are crazy. So just do everything on an alt chain. Yeah. There's the, there's the, te- there's the, te- now, the, the actual technology side of it is really interesting, but um, there's that side of it, which Heather's kind of concentrated on, but the, it was the cultural references in this piece, you know, it's environmentally friendly. Uh, it, it had every corporate cliche in this bloody PR piece. Uh, and it's, a, it's, it's, it's from a founder that literally cried in front of a of a company um, meeting. He literally had a he literally had a mental breakdown at the possibility that some of these bloody staff had the audacity to want to unilize themselves and now ask for a decent wage from this billionaire. He's such a bloody hypocrite to his core. He's the worst of the worst, and he wraps himself up with liberalism and environmentally friendly, but at the core, he's a quasar-fascist. It's amazing. It's it's just mind-blowing to me. That's my rant, Stephanie. I don't know the guy. (laughs) I don't know the guy, but a company can do two things. It can do... do, um, not not that good on in some areas, and then they can do other stuff. It's like a, it's a huge organization. So um, so with with I I just don't I don't agree, Jonathan, that everything that happened at the, at some point reflects on everything that happens always. Uh, you know, 
they need to sort whatever happened over there, but this is a completely different thing. What does that have to do with it? With the, with the, um, with the environmental uh, concept, there is, uh, a, there is a huge concern around NFT and the environment because it takes so much resources to process these things um, that, uh, that, you know, like it, it really is kind of the, the holy grail right now to try and figure out NFTs that are environmentally friendly. So if a corporation uh, the size of Starbucks wants to pick that glove up and sold this out, I think it's a good idea. I'm, I'm I love Craig's. I think Craig's doing fantastic on the comments, isn't he, Stephanie? Craig is the best. We yeah. totally Where did Craig come from? You have to come Craig, back. Craig, Craig. Craig Hyatt I'm is, impressed. Is, Craig Hyatt is waiting for me to drop an F-bomb. I already I, I'm well. medicated today. I took some yeah. uh, COVID <laughs> anti F bomb uh, medication. For, <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. I saw uh, some, uh, somebody do a great prank today. Uh, the name on the, the cup, the Starbucks cup, Coward Schultz. Coward Schultz. <laughs> He is the worst of the worst. You know, I mean, I okay, want, don't go into you, rent free. I want to ask you guys, Stephanie maybe feels differently, Jonathan and John, but like, I think Vito and Heather would probably agree with me. Like, can we just agree that like, when you approach the world as a stoic or as a realist, you see that like people who become CEOs of multinational corporations do not see the world like somebody who's, you know, living a normal life in a small town. Absolutely. It's just the nature. You can't get to that position without seeing the world differently. And I love reading biographies. I read the Isidore Sharp one. Yeah, say the, say the world differently. Say the world differently. Jonathan, there's back up from that. It's microphone. a transformative process that if we just accept it, you see a leopard with spots. You don't think it's, you know, a kitty cat that you go up to pet. You just see it differently because these people have to become that thing that is expected of them to get to that spot. I've had exactly uh, this conversation, like with my uh, and my husband against my family uh, or his family for the past like couple weeks where they've said that we're out of touch with the average American because we're techno elites. And I'm like, yeah, well, you don't get to be where we are without being able to see all of the drowning people. Like, but you're a drowning person, so you don't see everyone. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, you don't get where you are anyway. Yeah, it's a mindset thing. It's, it's all, it, but it evolves in different directions for every person. Oh, and, and, it's OF, I'm sorry. But, but it's not, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing or it's not, it's just a different thing, you know? Like people can, what else? have different perspectives on this stuff. It's going to work. People are going to buy them. Yeah. For it's whatever reason. Like, like, I, like I just want to finish before we go on to a reference. Finish day. what? I was uh, going to finish something. Yeah, no, but I just want Jonathan. to make one okay, final fine. point. I'm not, I'm this not guy. against him being a billionaire. I'm not against him making a ton of money. I'm not against Starbucks. I'm not against capitalism. I, I've been a capitalist all my life. I like money. You're like against stress. coffee. No, I'm against him, him being such a shithead and being such a creep and right. crying. I believe front, that this you know, point has been made very I, thoroughly, Jonathan. Right? That's what I, I yeah. 
And it's going to work because Starbucks is a weird status symbol. Yeah, it's a little bit expensive as coffee, but it's not like, you know, Gucci or Louis Louis Vuitton, whatever. You know, it's like, it's not at that price point, but it is still some kind of weird status symbol that people get their Starbucks every day. And they do all stuff. And they are in the club and they're going to go buy these NFTs and it's going to work. And, you know, hey, at least people like Starbucks. Are you really going to just keep talking over me? There's people like Starbucks that are going to bring more tech into the public. I'm testing, arena, I'm, I'm testing you. I'm testing you, Stephanie. I know. I won't be shot down. They're going to bring this into the awareness of the the drowning people, as Heather calls them. They're going to bring this technology to something where people hear about NFTs. It's out on the news. It's on other things, but they don't understand it. And now it's going to be connected to their coffee and they're going to understand it. So whether or not it's a good idea, whatever, it's going to it's going to make awareness come into more tech, which is far, where I sit. I think that's a cool thing. And I like it because then who knows once they get the work, the kinks out and get rid, over the big hurdle of understanding it, then what are we going to do with our businesses? Then we can start using some of this blockchain technology, perhaps on in our businesses. That's mine. OK, I'll quit. When you're driving on the highway in a strange state. You can pull it at McDonald's. You can pull in Burger King or Kentucky Fried Chicken. When you see a Starbucks, you know you can get the same feeling like when you're in a big city in your hometown for working or otherwise. And that's the price you're paying for, or that's the price for what you're you're buying. You're saying it's five bucks to get the experience of being in that yeah. familiar spot. So what what is? I'm not trying to be, but what is your point, Spencer? Because when I when I when I need to pull over and get a cup of coffee it's when I'm driving coffee, somewhere, it, well, I'm saying because you know if you want to eat, it's a different story. But like if you just want a place to work, make some phone calls, and you're on the road, I'm in Wisconsin, like going somewhere. I know there's a couple spots that have Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. So I that, 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 does that mean that you have to? Stop that has to do with your whole Howard Schultz, nice. Schultz conversation because if you read his biography and why he made it the way he is, he's got a lot of nonsense about Italian coffee and so on and so forth. But what he really wanted was the European experience of hanging out at a cafe and they talk about it as destinations. And I feel they've succeeded at that goal because even though I'm penny wise and dollar foolish, I'll throw $5 for a 50 cent cup of coffee by stopping at the Starbucks instead of the McDonald's, which has very good coffee. Even though McDonald's has got nice new interiors, the experience in a Starbucks makes me feel like I'm working from home or working. It just, that's what you're buying. And you're not, you know, his attitude is to do what he can for the shareholders, unfortunately, but that's why he acts the way he does. And NFTs are part of that. It's like, we can sell something that maybe a McDonald's couldn't. Like a McDonald's NFT be kind of funny. You know, like, what are you talking about? But a Starbucks NFT, it's like, oh, it's $8 for, you know, a large coffee. Why not? And it, get, and it gets me 10% off all of my coffees for life. Yeah. And right. free and soy. Like country club. And free soy. Something. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Guys, mm. have we beat this story to death? We've completely run out of time for our last story because we've had a lot to say. John, we were at a three rant level on that one just from Jonathan alone. So yeah, we have no more time. So I can't be blamed for that one. Um, John Locke's looking very proud of himself right now, too. He contributed to this discussion a lot today. So, guys, why don't we um, move into our panel recommendations? Who wants to go first? Heather, you've got one in the chat already. 
Do you want to talk about it? Yes. So I've been doing a lot of work in uh, VR lately. So like, so um, for somebody that actually wants to try and do work in VR, like actual real deep work, um, there's an app called Immersed. Um, It works on the Vive and the Oculus all levels. Um, And it gives you virtual screens. Uh, it, It like gives you a real keyboard. Um, and, uh, it allows you to collaborate with up to five people, like bring them into a workroom with you. Um, so like it's, it allows you to really work in. I have a, do you think I'm in a virtual world? <laughs> I think we're all in the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I've seen this. Where have I seen yeah, this? Yeah. And I've actually shown up, like people? you don't even have to leave. Like when you have to go into a zoom room, like I've actually shown up as my cartoon avatar in zoom. And like, you can just continue. <laughs> John's like, whoa. <laughs> like, can so, we do, can we do that on this show? I, I can do it uh, next time I'm on if you want. Yeah. I want one too. Does that mean you don't have to do your hair and makeup? You can just, yeah. Like cartoon. You that sounds perfect. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. All right. Uh, Vito, uh, you've got a recommendation here in the chat as well. Tell us about it. Right, so there's uh, an event coming up, WP19.day, uh, and it's a basically a celebration for 90, it's, it's WordPress 19th birthday. Uh, it's organized by uh, David uh, Bisset. He's organizing a bunch of uh, cool stuff in the, um, in the U.S. And this is going to be um, a virtual and physical event from what I understand here. And it looks pretty cool. So uh, go check it out and join. Awesome. Um, anybody else? Yeah, uh, Spencer, do you have a rec? Don't you you're muted. muted. Sorry, I'm recommending dub. Sorry, I'm recommending WP Postmodal, which is a free modal window for those who don't know what that is. That's the thing that overlays your screen with a dark background and usually for forms. The reason I'm recommending it is it's a nice band aid for free that allows you to pretty much like trigger it with a a variety of different ways. There's lots of these inside of custom page builders, but I use this in a situation where there was one that was missing. So it's a nice band-aid for a particular client problem. And and again, I like the fact that this is, I'm not trying to harp on not selling it, but like sometimes you don't want to buy something. You just need a band-aid. Hey, can I borrow a band-aid? Not like, hey, can I buy a box of band-aids? And so this is what I think WordPress does well. These kinds of things. Jonathan. Yeah, I've got a great surface called Podcast Hawk. It was recommended to me by Pat Flynn, personally. And if you're looking to get um, gigs on podcasts, um, this is a great inexpensive platform to to find um, podcasts that are suitable for you to go on and try it out. It's great. I've been using it, and Pat was right. It, I think Pat's behind it. I'm not sure. And um, try it out, Tribe. John Locke, what do you got for us? I've got this book, Dying of Whiteness. And this is by Jonathan M. Metzel. He is a white guy. Uh, but it's examining the Midwest and the South, uh, uh, why people... I'm dead serious. This will illuminate a lot of stuff for you. Uh, but the guy, the guy, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because it probably is. I hope. 
But anyway, this guy grew up, um, I think he said in Tennessee and in Missouri. Um, so he's from that area. He is a white guy. Um, but it'll kind of explain um, some of the things that have building, been building up for decades and decades that you're kind of seeing the coalescence of right now. Uh, it will explain a lot. But I, I, just from a sociological standpoint, I think you'll find this book very fascinating. So... Cool. Thanks, John. Oh, Craig uh, said a lovely thing about me. One of the rarest people that's ever said anything nice to me, Stephanie. He called you Beloved. Yeah, I am. Wasn't Beloved a movie about like a possessed girl? Yeah. Well, that's about right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, oh, and that, oh, my gosh. Excuse you, lockdowns. SEO trying to kiss his butt. Um, I don't have a tool this week. I just wanted to remind everybody that um, WordCamp Europe is happening four weeks from yesterday. It starts. Uh, I'm going to be there. I don't know if you guys are going to be there as well, but if you haven't made your arrangements, do it. I'm doing a little meetup on Thursday morning. That's developer day. So um, I'm not really a developer. So for my non developer friends, if you want to come, Hang out and play some breakfast with us. Am I invited, yeah, exactly. Stephanie? Uh, we'll talk about it. Let's talk. Let's and talk. you can catch me in London next week at NDC London and DevOx UK. All right. Nice. I don't know what any of those letters mean, but it sounds oh, exciting. Steph- so um, Heaven live, lives in a totally different world. I, a te- what do they call you? In a you're in a techno elite. You're a techno elite. You're a techno you, you are. You know what I think, Kat? They're, they're just jealous. I I think Spencer and Vito and John are also in that. <laughs> they're laughing. I want to be techno elite, but I'm not. Uh, I just pretend. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Don't forget to go to the WP Tonic website, wp-tonic.com. Check out the recommendations. Sign up for the newsletter. You know, just say, see what else Jonathan Denwood has to share, what he's offering, his opinions on everything, as always. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.